I'm Sarah Toher, and this is SEO in 2023. Sarah, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Well, SEO in 2023 is very much different than SEO a few years ago with many changes that took place and continue to take place uh, with the way that Google evaluates uh, and, and displays results, right? So basically three things, content, context, and taking control of the way results are displayed in search. Okay, content, context, and taking control over the way that results are displayed in the search. So let's dive into content then, shall we initially? What's so key about content in 2023? So we need to shift our mindsets from keywords to topics and topic clusters search volume and keyword difficulty mean less now than ever. We need to shift the conversation to user intent, buyer's journey, and how our content should satisfy both approach creating content in topics and topic clusters and how these are related and support each other. Also, who's writing your content? Producing great content means writers with subject matter expertise, which means you'll need to vet your copywriters. and It makes producing good content quite expensive. This is where Understanding buyer's journey and prioritizing your content accordingly will come in handy. Wow, okay. So I guess lots to drill down in about that. Kind of focusing in on buyer's journey, but you also talked about subject matter experts as well. Um, So what does this mean then for outsourcing of content? Do you have to get um, kind of a named writer to do it for you? Can you use a pen name? Um, to uh, get someone else to write the, the content on your behalf, but you take credit for it? How, do, how does that work? Obviously, some people do ghostwriting, right? But ideally, and if you want your content to be more authoritative and show expertise, you want someone who has some experience in the field. If you're writing about travel, you want a travel blogger or a traveler who, or a, a hitchhiker or, or a backpacker or whatever to share their experience, right? It, it, it definitely, the quality of the content will be much better, uh, more personal. And then again, it has more credit and um, credibility. So uh, all of these are really important and continue to be important more and more. And when you hire someone, you want to ideally, uh, or in perfect world, you want to have the author bio and you want to link back to their profiles that shows their expertise. They don't need to be like the biggest name in the industry writing about, but they need to have some sort of reason to like, why are these people speaking about that topic? And of course, this gets more important if it's like in medical or finance. Understood. Okay. But but if you link back to their profile, surely some concerns would be that um, you're actually taking authority away from the core website. Might that not be a concern? No, actually, uh, linking back to uh, authoritative uh, websites and, um, is actually a good thing. It, it shows that you have some references to what information you're sharing. Okay, and let's talk a little bit about the style of content uh, that works more effectively now. So how has that maybe changed over the last couple of years? And what um, maybe would you give us a summary of the uh, key elements of um, that that you should be included in your content nowadays? So less focus on exact match keywords like 
we use keywords, obviously, but synonyms would work as well. So hot dogs uh, and whatever they're called or puppies or dogs, for example, that would be the same thing, right? But so you need to diversify the way you use your keywords. It's no longer about using the same keywords seven places in the body of the content and in the titles and uh, calling that a great content. It, it's not like that anymore. So obviously keywords in the right way, uh, right, and, and have, having them is important. Um, second thing I would say, structuring your content in segments or sections with subtitles, clear subtitles, like there's a, at the end of the day, yes, they are for the user and the user comes first, but then there's also a bot that's going to be reading this. So titles need to be very clear what the a section is about and, uh, using bullet points. That's again, that's great. Adding images, adding, um, as I said, even links to, uh, external, uh, credible sources, all of these add up to how you want your content to be. It's, it's no longer just writing a thousand words and f stuffing it with keywords and repeating the same keyword over and over and ranking. It's, it's not going to happen. And you, you talked about sections of your content as well. So does that mean that you need to identify different sections of content that are by themselves distinct ranking opportunities? Definitely. So the reason you need sections is for two things. Uh, it's better for mobile experience, which is obviously a big segment of your users are coming from mobile. If you don't have, if you have this one long article, it's not going to look really good on your mobile. So that's a usability issue. A second thing is, again, you need to have structure in the content and uh, it's for the user and for the bot. And this can be like frequently asked questions or all subtopics under the main topic. So for example, if you're talking about summer destinations, maybe you would talk about how to choose the best destination for your uh, family and then budgeting or, and all these can be subsections. So yeah, I mean, it, it's really important for usability standpoint and then from an SEO standpoint as well. Now the next key area that you mentioned earlier on was context. So what do you mean by that? Two things. Uh, first of all, Writing one piece of content in a topic does not make you an authority or, or even handful of topics does not make you an authority on that topic. You need to have a lot of information and, and show that you're an authoritative figure in that by, by providing more information, more resources. And then the second thing, and it's really big in the SEO, a lot of SEOs recommend it, which Google had mentioned it over and over that's not that impactful, is the URL structure. A lot of SEO confuse URL, URL structure with the website, with the information architecture of the website. Google does not, has mentioned a lot of times, and it, it specifically does not use, although having a clean URL structure is great, but it does not use it to uh, um, understand the structure of the content on the website, right? So we need to stop asking our clients of changing the CMS or changing hard co coded URLs because it, it, the impact and effort uh, don't uh, match. And that's not what we're trying to, if we're trying to create an information architecture, we need to focus on internal linking, on breadcrumbs, that sort of thing. These things show how your content is structured. So the one single topic, as I said, does not make you irrelevant or is not sufficient to show that you're authoritative. And then the way, then you'll have, you need to have more topics and cover the, the topic you are targeting truly, but then you need, once you, the, the way to structure this is important as well. And this is the, the you can des design that and influence that through internal linking and breadcrumbs. 
Okay, um, it'd be good to get your quick thoughts on the ideal structure of internal links. Um, so say that you're um, putting together maybe a, a key pillar article and then some supporting articles with um, related content. Do you have any ideal way to, to, to link between the different articles to try and ensure that everything gets um, indexed by Google and hopefully ranked as well? Yeah, I mean, the, the hub or the main topic, the parent topic, the main guide should link to all those subtopics naturally when when possible. And then those subtopics should also link back to the main topic and they should link back to each other. There is some opinions that if you're targeting different topics like summer vacations, winter vacations, for example, you should not link or interlink between those different topics and you should keep them siloed or separated. This is an opinion and I, I think it has a good point, but uh, I do not like... I've experience shown that, that this is not necessary. Okay, okay. I remember um, doing internal links um, a long time ago for a similar kind of approach, and um, actually for the for the for the sub pieces, for the piece outside the main pillar piece of content, actually having a circular approach to internal links. So maybe having 10 articles and then to have each sub-article linking in a clock-like manner to the next article. So they're all linking to each other in a circle. They're, they're not each one linking to each other one, but just linking to one other. Um, and then to allow search engine to follow the whole thing and go all the way around. And then each um, sub-article would then link back to the pillar article and the pillar article would link uh, to all of those. Um, do, you, do you have any thoughts on, on that approach? So I think the purpose of internal linking is to show hierarchy, right? You want to show what's the pillar piece of content and which is the most important one for you and what are the subtopics, right? So mm -hmm. the most important links in that situation is the one from the pillar to the subtopics and then the one from the, the, the clusters, right, to, back to the pillar. Linking between them is okay and is... You wouldn't say it's essential. Yep, it's not as, as, as essential, but you need to have this structure showing, okay, this is the parent topic and these are all supporting articles or supporting blogs about it. Right. And the interesting thing is that in the SEO industry, we've been doing this so much long or our focus would be mainly on blog posts, for example. But this can actually be in a different way. This can be a product page is the most important page. And then you have a lot of uh, blogs linking back to it. Like, for example, uh, running shoes. This is a product category. And then you can actually have a lot of blog posts talking about running shoes and maintaining them or whatever, and they're linking back to that. So the pillar page does not necessarily need to be an informational page. It can be a commercial page. The only reason we have carried that for long, I, the way, at least the way I see it is the way CMS has been structured for so long that you, you can't have a, because we, we were considering mainly the URL structure, right? Yeah. We were limited, like on WordPress or on uh, Shopify, or you cannot have a blog post on a, in, a, in the URL in a sub folder from a product, right? You, you can't have that. So the only reason we maintained that the pillar page has to be an information page was just the way things were from the technical side. Understood. I, I think that's a key piece of advice there. And that, that is something that many SEOs should start to think about and perhaps experiment with again. Um, the key pillar page doesn't have to be an informational page. It could be a commercial page. So if you've got a key category page on your e-commerce website, then you should be thinking about 
building sub pages of content, perhaps from a blog or perhaps uh, other other articles on the same domain name, um, back to that key page. But but that would act then as the key hub page in in that particular content section. Yeah, and then at the bottom of that commercial page, you can have resources related to this page, for example, and list maybe the top at least the top ones, because obviously there are some considerations for a commercial landing page. So yeah, at least you can link to the top resources related to this. And lastly, you wanted to talk about the way that results are displayed. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, so the way Google displays results now has changed so much. It's so diversified compared to the past. There's tons of things. There is images, and then there is multiple images and videos, and then people also ask, and site links, and it's it's all over, right? And um, the, we we need to part a big, and then there is a big part of our efforts, or we're mainly trying trying to bring traffic, and a big part of getting traffic is actually CTR, right? Like we always focus on updating content, creating content, but less on CTR. So we need to experiment a lot with schema and getting analyzing a lot and experimenting a lot with getting schema uh, markups uh, and and testing titles for CTR because that's a big chunk of our traffic we're not getting because because we we're not planning for it so um, yeah that that's one thing I, I feel it's becoming more and more important since SEO is becoming more and more challenging you need to utilize and leverage every single opportunity Superb. Okay, well, that, that's uh, another great piece of advice that could be delved into in much greater depth. Hopefully, we might get the opportunity to do so in some future Majestic webinar. But um, until then, um, you've shared what SEO should be doing in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEO shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? Something that SEO shouldn't be doing in 2023? SEO shouldn't be focusing and obsessing with search volume. What matters is, is this topic going to bring the value we want for our business or not. We shouldn't obsess with keyword difficulty. These metrics can be useful, but we shouldn't obsess a lot over them. There are a lot of other considerations that are valuable. Zero search volume keywords are important as well uh, and should not be ignored. These are two main things. And then I would say changing the mindset of SEOs being separated from, from other marketing functions. SEO, SEOs are marketers. They need to remember that when they're thinking about content, when they're working within a marketing team, like there's a lot, plenty of opportunity to work with PPC, uh, for example. So I, de- definitely changing the mindset. Sarah Taher is Search Engine Optimization Manager at Assembly Global, and um, you'll soon be able to find her over at seoriddler.com. Sarah, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thank you so much. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. Seo in 2023.